Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Every single week and every single Friday when we have a chance to catch up with KATV's own Steve Sullivan. Bo Whittle! Bo! Bo! He's a Friday night touchdown star all the way to the end zone to make it 20 to 6. Steve Sullivan on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. It's Double B's. Steve Sullivan of KATV, what is going on, my man? Oh, just listening to you guys doing great work. Where you at right now? I know the goal is 134,000, which is a big goal. How are you guys making out? Hey, doing good so far. In fact, uh, we, they have most of the counties here in the state of Arkansas represented. And I've, I've been looking at the United States map over here because they're trying to get, of course, donations from every state. They are just four states away from covering the entire map already. They got It looks like they got Idaho left. They got Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. So for those of you listening on uh, on the app and streaming uh, 103.7 The Buzz, if you're in those states, call in and donate. But, yeah, it's always great to be out here, Sully, and be a part of it. Sully, the Northeast, yeah. we got to get them on board. The, yeah, The Buzz is a great partner to the city, which you guys do great work in all charity organizations, which is uh, Thank you. great to hear. Yeah, it absolutely is, and uh, we're going to continue to have stories and some great news coming from it as well. But, uh, Sully, as you uh, heard in our intro, what a game that was between Arkansas and LSU this week. This team just continues to find ways to win. We know it's going to be a tough matchup against them uh, playing Tennessee tomorrow on the road in Knoxville. But uh, looking at that Arkansas-LSU game and the way that they continue to find ways to win, I mean, how do you explain it? Can you explain it at this point? You know, I was in person at the – you know, Auburn and Kentucky. I was so impressed with the crowd on TV. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was affecting me. I, I, I would think it would affect the officials. You know, <laughs> that's the thing I think that goes unknown. It goes unsaid is, you know, at home, you're probably going to get the benefit of the doubt on some calls when you have a half, you might average crowd. When you have a crowd like that, it can't help but affect, you know, the, the, some of those calls. And, uh, it's just been insane how good that crowd has been, and, and it's just building. I think they're getting better each game as far as, you know, when to, when to erupt and when not to. I mean, it's been uh, it's, it's been an incredible season, and you're right about there. They make the plays at the end of the game. You never fear when there's a deficit of six or seven and, uh, you know, a four with 135 to go. And uh, they one thing they do is, they play great defense in the final minutes where other teams, I guess, get a little leery. We don't, we don't want to foul. We want to be, be a little careful. But Arkansas uh, really plays very well at the end of the game. So we, we're ending with what, a 7-2 run the other day. and um, Usually at the end of the game, we, we just play. We function so well, and it's becoming a habit. That, that's something that they've played some of the tougher teams, some of the higher-ranked teams at home. But – that is something with the way they play defense. It is going to travel and go on the road with them. And it, it seems like wherever they play, whether it's home or on the road, they have a certain style and they're able to stick to it. Could be a little more difficult on the road, but in the end they're always able to get it done. And it, it bodes well going into tournament time, SEC tournament, NCAA tournament play. It does. And uh, this, this road game coming up at Tennessee is fascinating because Tennessee has to have two things on their mind. They have to have watched this past game and seen you can shut down or, or limit J.D. Note. 
And then you go back to the first game, and they've got Jalen Williams stuck in their head because there were a couple of questionable calls that went against him in that, that game. And hey, I want to warn Jalen Williams, too. I think he's, he's so effective with the charge that he doesn't even have to take a charge to affect the other team because I see guys stopping that would normally drive. But he seems to be almost searching for charges now where at the beginning of the season, I thought about 90 or 100% of his charges were legit. Now it's hanging around the 60% that some of them are saying. You know, he sells it He sells it well, but I think the damage has been done. I mean, he doesn't have to take charges in a game because he's already in the minds of the opponent. Well, and another thing, too, uh, Sully, that uh, since you brought that up, I laugh because I see so many fan bases, especially in the SEC, that hate Jalen Williams. They call him a flopper. They, they say uh, just how terrible it is and how bad it is and all that. But I think it's one of those deals that if he was on another team, I'd probably hate him too. But since he's on my team, I can deal with it. But also, he's, he's putting the hands or putting the call in the hands of the officials. At the end of the day, if you want to be mad at somebody, you can be mad at the officials, be mad at the system or whatever. But don't be mad at Jalen Williams because he's not the one making the calls. It's the officials that eventually end up making those calls. If you listen to the opposing coaches, they all respect him because. You know, if it was easy, you know, people all over the league would be doing it. But he's the only one doing it because, you know, you're falling on your back every time. I mean, I mean come on. I mean, he's 6'10". You don't see any guys that size try, not willing to take charges. And, uh, you know, but he plays with such a great demeanor. I'll go back early in the season, well, midway through the conference season, when he, he chickened arm, a guy, elbow, got a little guy coming through the lane and caught him in the face and uh what people didn't see when they went to the commercial was him go to the bench and check on the guy you know he, he does it with no harm or no anger he just he's just been schooled right and uh but the damage has been done he doesn't have to take one more charge because everybody who plays arkansas knows they've got to stop and you know and stop and shoot they're not going to continue to the hoop and um it's it's been fascinating to watch him rip through the league with these charges and you know and think about it all our big games have been at home, and it's not a popular call for an official when you're calling a, a, a block against Jalen Williams. And a couple have been called. Yeah, yeah in that game against LSU, they were uh, it was legit. And I think for the most part, the officials are doing a great job in making those calls. But to your point, Sully, um, Jalen Williams was on Morning Mayhem, and he said that they were asking him about the process and his thoughts going into taking those charges. He said he's just reacting on the court. He's not even thinking about it. It's gotten to that point where he just reacts in the moment, and that's the best thing about it is he is in a position where he can be reactionary, and he always puts himself in a great position on the court. Yeah, and he, he really never leaves his team shorthanded when he goes. He makes, he makes, he makes the right risk. To go to go take the charge, and uh, he's just he's just an elite thinker. He's way ahead of everybody else in the court. I mean, the way he handles the patience in which he passes the ball. I, now what I what I was really impressed with, and I wonder if this is going to be something in the the future. He played bully ball in the first half in the last game. I mean, he was backing his way in, and I kind of like that side of him. I hadn't seen it. You know, where 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 he he gets real aggressive in the post. And he said it was a function of the game, but I hope it's his game, not just that the, the, the other team was playing him that way. 
I, I want to see him start the game like that. We're speaking with Steve Sullivan of KATV, thanks to Double B's here on Out of Bounds. Sully, something that I can at least somewhat relate to with Eric Musselman is his frustrations that he showed with the net rankings after the LSU game. Because I've been, I try to figure them out, and I know that it's not the know-all, end-all, be-all, but they do use it. They do look at that. It does have emphasis in when it comes to seeding. But I don't understand how certain teams can win, but they don't move up. But then if they lose, they drop significantly. But then if they have a big upset, then or if they beat a team that's better than them, they don't move, but the other team doesn't move. Like None of it makes sense. And I know Musk said it doesn't make sense to him, which I know that if he's saying that, I, I know that I'm not crazy with it. What do you make of the net rankings, and can you make any logical sense out of it? No, you can't make any sense out of it. Do you remember where the net rankings were last year for us? No clue. Uh, no. <laughs> they were great. They were great net rankings. It was, it's just bizarre. Remember, he was complimenting Coach Ruda on the, the scheduling and everything because, you know, that's why we had such a, a high net ranking. And I have to believe, you know, the way it is, is that your net ranking is created a lot early and then it's hard to move it because, because, because we've been like a freight train here and have moved a lot. But, you know, it's a, uh, in a year ago, you know, our net ranking was, was good throughout the season. It's, it's just so hard to figure. I mean, uh, and you know, and, you know, the eye test, if you look at us and LSU or us and Bama, you know, we are, you know, talent wise, they may be as good as us. But as far as a basketball team, we're a much better basketball team than LSU. And, you know, and props to this team during this streak is, you know, we haven't had that game where we just are off against an, an okay team and get beat by them. You know, we have been, uh, you know, our our only loss was at Alabama. We, you know, on a, on, a, on a tough game where, you know, we didn't lose to South Carolina. We didn't lose to Missouri on the second time we played them. I mean, it's just uh, it's just been amazing how can you and you think the net ranking would reward consistency and big wins and uh, obviously they don't put a lot of emphasis on big wins at home. Because you know we've had those huge wins at home, and obviously those don't those don't move you very much in, in the net rankings, which I don't understand. Who who knows? Well, who knows? Who understands? You know who can make sense out of that stuff? Yeah, it's it seems like uh, it's just a case of some of those early home losses; those hurt a lot more. And you know, to your point about trying to make up some ground or being able to recover later in the schedule, the losses against Hofstra and Vandy seem to really be hurting them right now. Yeah, and that's something, you know, um, there's got to be, and you know, they always used to talk about the last 10 games and how you play. There's got to be a greater weight on conference games and how you finish the season. You know, and unless you have a different team, unless you had injuries in the preseason or vice versa. But you can't, you can't put a value, the same value, when you're basically trying to find your team and what they're best at. In, in December and early January than you do in the you know the heat of conference play when you're prefer, preparing for the tournament because the net should be um, I'm, we're trying to find the best teams for the NCAA tournament the, the teams to compete and who they are and and not uh, you know I, I I don't think all games should be equal ones that are played in December and ones that are played in late February I, I, you know I. Uh, I, I just don't see, you know, apples to apples there. So I did want to shift gears a little bit with you and uh, ask about the NFL Combine. I saw Traylon Burks 
and him going out there, getting his measurements done, and uh, running his 40 time, which officially ended up being, I believe, 4-5, ran an unofficial 4-5-5, and was able to, to skim off a little bit there. But uh, what have you made so far of uh, him and his performance and his measurements over there at the NFL Combine? You know where he's going to win? He's going to win when he gets in the room with any of those teams because there are guys that are 6'2 or 6'3 and they're 230 pounds. And you say, well, you don't look 230 pounds. Uh, Trailer Burks looks like he's 245. I mean, he, he he is so thick and big that you think you think that guy's a wide receiver, and I think that's going to be the selling point when you get in a room with him. They, you know, the big hands, and at, he's just a big body that it, it doesn't look. I mean, he looks more like six three, you know, two forty five rather than two twenty five. He is a big man, and. Um, uh, and, and I love the fact that he's embraced the combine. He's doing everything. And um, I think that'll bode well with NFL teams, a first-round draft pick that's wanting to do everything. So after Traylon Burks, which Razorback do you think is uh, going to get – I know we're a few months away from the draft, but if you had to project, who do you think gets drafted as that next Razorback? You know, it's hard to say. It's almost by position and what you value with uh in the nfl you know i like our nose guard you know i think that's a and that's a that's a a valued position in the nfl if you could be a a big bodied run stopper you know and um and it's just different positions are valued more because look now look at running backs now i mean they are dime a dozen if you're running back coming out you know there was a time when you know mcfadden was there you know they were third or fifth pick and now now forget it and, um, you know, it's hard to say, hard to say. I think, you know, there's so much focus on, I'm just focused really on Burks and where he'll go. And, um, I think it's going to be really interesting on where he's picked. Cause I, and he's a sharp kid and he's, he's progressed so much in the way he handles himself that he'll be great in a room. And, um, I, I'm just interested to how high he'll go. Cause I think he'll go higher than anticipated. Yeah. I, um, personally like a guy like Mo Brown, but, you're right. It could be a toss-up. Mo Brown, Ridgeway, even Myron Cunningham is uh, it's just from some of the mock drafts. It looks like he'll go maybe later in the draft. Yeah. But uh, really like Mo Brown and and kind of how he played throughout the season. And if he has a good showing at the combine, I think he can open some eyes. Yeah, and I applaud him. He's a guy that needed to leave because you know he was a legitimate cover corner who wasn't going to benefit from another year at the university of arkansas and um you know if you look at you know you know curl and then you look at you know jerry jacobs making it you know you've got to believe you can make it and they're not making it they're both starting in the nfl which is crazy you know they're two opt-outs oh yeah Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I also thought it was kind of cool. We were talking about Traylon Burks in the combine, seeing Cole Kelly throwing passes to Traylon Burks, you know, former Razorback quarterback who, uh, of course, uh, transferred out and had a really great year down in Louisiana and or a few years down in Louisiana, and, and to see that was kind of a kind of a funny thing too. Yeah, hey, good for him. You know, Steamboat was likable. You know, he wasn't as effective as we would have liked, but hey, props to him, and it's. Uh, you know, every team, the thing about quarterback is only one can play. 
And so, you know, and, 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 you know, obviously he was in a tough, tough situation. <laughs> and it was, I'm glad that he, you know, was able to go to Louisiana and everything went well. And, you know, and he, he possibly could get a shot in the NFL. You don't invite guys to combine if they don't have a chance. And uh, what a great success story he is. I, I don't think anybody anticipated it when he left Arkansas. Well, he he's had a turnaround from the time he left Arkansas, but also what we saw from Cole Kelly when he was at Arkansas is he has the, the big arm, he has the measurables that uh, they like as far as height. You know, maybe they want him to, to drop a little bit of weight. But um, it, it would be interesting to see how he's improved his game as far as we know he loves the deep ball. We know that that's what he loved to throw at Arkansas. But since he's been away, what has he worked on? Those intermediate throws, is he uh, is he a better touch thrower? That That's some of the things that would get him on an NFL roster. You know, I am, you know, one thing I never doubted with him was a belief in himself. You know, I remember when he'd get those, they'd put him in to run for first down steamboat, and he'd make that you know, big first down signal, and then he leaves the game, <laughs> you know, and he made that, that first down as big as he could before he left. And, um, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, the, hey, the NFL, uh, you know, the, what they what they see is different than what a college coach is looking for. And um, obviously he attracted some, you know, attention from NFL scouts with his measurables to get a shot. And uh, the one thing they're showing on the kid from, I don't know, it was all over Twitter. I forget what school it is. Another one uh, AA school. Oh, was, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Are, are you talking kid, about the kid. lineman? No, I'm talking about the quarterback chucking it like 70 yards right on the money. On the okay. And I don't, I don't know how many times you'll throw that in a game, but at a, at a combine, it's a wild throw. You know, and um, it was Montana, one of those schools, where he he just 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 put through a dart 70 yards and uh, hit, hit his receiver in stride. And, um, you know, you can be combine stars, just ask your former co-host, Max Jones, <laughs> not do anything. <laughs> and then not do anything in the NFL. So it's, uh, uh, it, it's a good show. And uh, how many 40-yard dashes are you going to run in the NFL or, you know, or do the stuff they do at the combine that, you know. I guess they're trying to get a true picture of, of what kind of athlete they're getting, but it's uh, it's it's a different animal when you get under the lights. And if you you know if you can if you can fit a position, that's the whole thing. If you can if you, if you can be that guy that fits that position, um, you, you got a chance. And you know the NFL's like no other league with that salary cap. They love getting those young players. There. Well, Sully, we appreciate you coming on with us as always, and uh, have a great weekend, and looking forward to catching up with you next Friday. All right, you guys have a great weekend, too, and I hope you roll in the money here if you head to the you know, 4 o'clock hour. Absolutely. We're going to keep it going here at the 2022 Central Arkansas Wish-A-Thon. We'll take a commercial break, and we will come back with more Out of Bounds. Stay with us. Welcome to my house. Morning